Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 36 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with the very entertaining nature boy, Blake Perry. And today I'm joined by yet another fighter out of the state of Ohio. He trains out of Demolition Fight Team, and he's 6-0 in his amateur mixed martial arts career. He's also the first-ranked amateur heavyweight and second-ranked amateur light heavyweight in the state of Ohio. So what does that mean? Well, it means that this man is the real deal. Without further ado, let's bring in Trouble Trey Cusack. Thanks for coming on the show, Trey, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Oh, no, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to this ever since you reached out, and uh, I want to dig into your story and your upbringing in the sport. So how'd you get into combat sports and mixed martial arts? Well, combat sports, man, I've been wrestling. uh, I wrestled started out as a young age, you know, wrestled at five, more or less. I kind of think it was just so my mom could get some time to herself. But, you know, I enjoyed it. It it brought me uh, closer with friends, you know, got uh, some time with, you know, other kids and and, uh, getting to put, like, some of my physical strengths with kids all throughout that process as a young kid, man, was just, it was just a fun thing to do. So you start in wrestling. When did mixed martial arts come into play for you? I've only been doing it for about a year, a little less than a year. My first fight actually was June 4th of 2022. I had no MMA training prior to that at all. Somebody reached out. I had been working out a lot. I was training for like a Spartan race. It was a 10K Spartan race. And somebody had reached out and was like, hey, somebody backed out of a fight. Is there any possible way you would want to want to jump into that? And, uh, and like I said, at the time, I was training for a pretty demanding physical uh, tests. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Let's go for it. And uh, so I went for it. It turned out pretty well. Uh, some of the guys from Demolition reached out and was like, hey, we, we'd really like you to start training. Um, so one thing led to another, and, and here we are, 6-0. and Yeah, man, that's a crazy story. So how soon, like, they contacted you saying, hey, this guy dropped out. How soon did they contact you? And then, like, fight day, was it a week's time that you had to prepare? How long was was, that? I I believe it was 10 days. It was 10 days total that I knew about it. And did you do anything to prepare in those 10 days? Or was it like, hey, let's give it a shot and we'll see what I can do out there? Uh, It's really funny. Uh, So more or less that's what I did I went to a couple open mats in Macomb Ohio with some high schoolers I wrestled around with some high schoolers me and my brother did a little bit of hit and mitts but he was a little he's really unexperienced in that so it was it was a it was quite the uh it was quite the thing you know preparing myself for that fight but came out on top so I guess it all worked out yeah, I watched that fight on YouTube against Jonathan Bates back in 2022, like you mentioned, and you won in the first round, a minute 39 into the round via strikes, a knockout there. And it was just like relentless uppercut after relentless uppercut. How much fun did you have in that first fight? Oh, it was it was fun. It was fun. And, and more or less, that was the plan, you know, try to get get in there and get in control, uh, almost like some hockey punches. That was That was more or less the plan the whole time. And that's uh that's kind of what came out, man. It was good. It was fun, and uh, yeah, I uh, no no, uh, Jonathan Bates really came in there, and 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 you know he 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 showed some guts getting in there and and fighting. Uh, I think he uh did take some damage to one of his eyes in that fight, and he uh he hasn't been training. I've been in touch with him, and I don't believe he's been training anymore after that. 
Oh, wow. So after that fight, did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Or did it take a few fights to have that feeling of, hey, I actually really love this MMA stuff? I've always kind of, I've always loved MMA. I've always watched, you know, been a, a fan of the sport. You know, I've, I've dabbled in fighting on the street, you know, kind of whatever, you know, barroom fighting. I've, I've always kind of done that. So I've always, you know, been a, a fan of physical content, you know what I mean? That physical thing. Um, and uh, so when, when it happened after that first fight uh, and they, when I was approached by the demolition fight team to, to come train with them, I was more or less like, well, you know, I can, uh, cancel my my membership at planet fitness and get some some real gym time in with some other guys and that that's more or less where it came started with me with that was like let's just get some good exercise in a group setting yeah i want to ask about demolition here in a second but you mentioned that you kind of always had this interest in mixed martial arts was there someone that motivated you to get into the sport or someone in the sport that inspired you to compete when you're watching growing up you know, I've always was, I always really loved watching a uh, GSP fight, man. Um, he wasn't always the most exciting fighter, but he was always very dominant. He always did what he had to do to make the win. I, I've kind of always, uh, always loved watching GSP, man. You could pick a ton of fighters that are much worse to follow than GSP, that's for sure. I believe you're the second fighter from Demolition Fight Team that I've had on the show. The first was Dylan Budka last March. For you, though, what's it like training at Demolition? It's wonderful, man. There's It's a room full of killers. There's so many uh, killers in there. I'm like Some of my training partners, like Mateo and Dylan, Mateo Garner and Dylan, they both fought this past weekend. And for the, in, a, in a pro setting and uh, it, it's amazing it's amazing to see the people in there work hard and just give it their all and that's what makes me give it my all it's like we're, we're all feeding off each other iron sharpening iron you mentioned your teammates who just fought recently at lfa 160 i believe dylan budka lost via decision do you think he won that fight i think it was a three two fight either way I think it was a good fight. I think it could have went either way. I wasn't mad at the decision. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I haven't watched like the entire fight at full length, but seeing what other people think about it, I do think you could argue 3-2 either way for that one. Dylan and I also talked about the relentless gauntlets that they run at Demolition. How grueling are those gauntlets that you guys go through? They're intense. Like I said, they're, we're all killers, so it's always we're always going with a top level guys and then the the minute after minute fresh guy like you're always it's like you're, you're whatever the round is my last fight was a was supposed to be a five round fight but uh it wound up ending in the second but you know so those five rounds every minute of that so amateurs three minutes so every minute of that round we're going in with a fresh guy a fresh guy so it's 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 tough you, you know you want to almost be ready to stop and you got another guy in just ready just getting in you know been been gritting his gritting his teeth just to get in with you so and you gotta you gotta muster up the energy to get at it and um but that's what we're always for man is is finding us where, where our breaking point is and then breaking past it going into the gym like knowing there's going to be gauntlets that day are you just wishing you didn't have to go in or maybe it's something that you actually look forward to i look forward to it i love it man it's uh it's I I feel almost sometimes because like I said man the guys in the gym I'm fighting are pros with attributes that that I could couldn't even think of you know and um so it's it's nerve wracking I almost get in I almost have the same feel as I do before a fight when I go into a gauntlet. Do you remember what your first ever gauntlet was like? 
Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, so my first gauntlet, I started my first round with uh, Jaden Talker, who's a, he's a pro at our gym, and he's tough, man. He's I believe he's three and three as a professional fighter, um, but he yeah, he's tough. So I started out with him in boxing, and he's got better. I'm I'm, I'm more of a grinder, a grappler, wrestler kind of guy. So you know his his uh, striking's uh, a little better than mine. So I was a little nervous, man. But I think him after the first punch, you know, it, it's it feels good. And then I went from Dylan or from Jaden right into Dylan wrestling. We we did a little bit of wrestling and um. That was uh, intense too. You know, he's he's a world class wrestler, and then right into right into grappling with another uh, a good grappler. It's they're intense. They're intense. You don't know what to expect until you're in there, and it's like when you're when it's going through when it's going on, you want to stop almost. You almost want to be like, gosh, I can't do it no more. I can't do it no more. And then you finish, and you're like, oh my gosh, I loved that. That was amazing. You mentioned, too, how Demolition reached out after your first fight, your debut, and then that's when you actually started your MMA training to the fullest extent. What was that learning curve like finally getting into MMA training, knowing that you have that wrestling background, but then having to worry about all those other disciplines, striking, boxing, jiu-jitsu, and everything like that? I was uh, nervous, man. I'm. I was. I was nervous coming in. Like I said, I didn't know much of anything, and even even wrestling. I mean, I had the background in it, but I'd been, I'd been out of the sport for a good fifteen years, you know. So, I was. I didn't. I didn't know how I was going to handle some of these guys, and also, e- even with the wrestling, not 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 adding all that other stuff. It was hard. It was hard to uh, to get some technique down, man. Um, Especially, you know, because like I, I feel like I'm a little older. I'm, they, you know, the first week they had me in there with a bunch of young kids just throwing one twos, throwing one twos, and and as an older as an older member in the gym, uh, like especially starting out, that was a little frustrating, you know, just going over a one two three, a one two three for the first week of, of practice, you know, just making sure I get the steps, all the steps right, making sure I get a, uh, you know, everything framed out the way it needs to be. It was frustrating, but now doing it, you know you have to have that discipline. Were there any moments where you questioned what you were doing or maybe felt like you should have gone down a different route, or were you just having to stay disciplined and going through that process to get to where you are now? Well, you know, uh, you got to stay disciplined. You have to stay disciplined. It's not about wanting to do it. It's about you have to do it, man, if you want to, especially if, if I'm going to compete in a fighting in a fighting atmosphere. Uh there, there's no if you want just wanting to do it it's you have to do it and you have to stay dedicated and uh, uh disciplined if i told you on the same day that that guy reached out saying hey this guy dropped out your debut fight in 10 days if i told you the same day that you would go on this 6-0 and run as an amateur collecting belts being highly ranked in the state of ohio would you have believed me no i wouldn't have i wouldn't have i think it's still also unreal and now you are on this 6-0 and run. You fought four times at light heavyweight and I believe twice at heavyweight as well. Like I said, those amateur belts, I think in both weight classes. Moving forward, what weight class do you think serves you the best? I would say that the light heavyweight does, especially in this amateur. Heavyweight is, it's just, I, I only walk around. I only walk around probably weighing, like I think this morning I weighed 208. So, you know, fighting with them heavyweights is a, it's not... It's just like some of them walk around, you know, at 260, 265. Some of them even cut. I, I'm not saying I won't fight heavyweight anymore, but uh, 
I'm not the main goal is 205 and then if I ever do potentially you know fight uh, in other states even that are like a day before weigh-ins maybe even fight at 185. Oh, wow. Interesting. So is it kind of like a chip on your shoulder, I guess, knowing that you can compete at light heavyweight, but also maybe 185 and heavyweight in the future? We we talked about Dylan being at the gym, and I know he had this like accolade of being the num- uh, ranked as a number one am- amateur in the, in the nation. And he fought with two different weight classes. And, you know, that not necessarily is it a goal, but it would be nice to, nice to do. And I think with fighting in three different weight classes would be a would be a good you know a good way to do that so speaking of rankings i mentioned where you ranked in the state of ohio among active amateurs in both heavyweight and light heavyweight is this something that you pay attention to at all i kind of pay attention to it um more or less it's what like what like people are are telling me like oh hey you know do you see you were ranked and i'm like yeah yeah that's cool that's cool and um it is kind of uh like i said it is kind of exciting but um especially with the amateur, you, you know, there's, there's levels to it, man. So sure. I might, might be ranked number one, number two at amateur, but th- if you're fighting, the main goal is to, to, to eventually make some money. And um, so after that, it's, there's all these pros, man, there's way more pros than there, there even are amateurs. So, you know, still being ranked at the top of the list, I'm still almost at the bottom of the bucket, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a good mentality to have. That way you continue to strive to be better and be a better mixed martial artist, 1% better every single day, things like that. Once again, this is Trouble Trey Cusack with us on Forged in Ohio. Looking back at your debut fight where you had little to no training, what do you think of your performance? Because I'm sure you've gotten a lot better in the 13 months since that debut. You know, when I look at it, I when I I have watched you know rewatched that fight. I did on the year the year just came up, and um, I rewatched the fight, and I was just I was looking. I'm like, not only like my physical appearance, but like the way I move around the ring and the way I like try to engage fighters was just totally. I just I felt I feel the greenness of myself watching it, and um, and I, I still I still feel the greenness in myself right now. So I'm just it it, it excites it excites me to see the progress I have made. And then it just, and it also motivates me to know that I'm still just at the start of this. You said the physical appearance too, which is something I wanted to ask because I noticed that the facial hair changes for fight to fight for you. What's the decision between rocking the full beard or shaving it down to just the mustache? That's all just, I don't know, man. I guess <laughs> sometimes I get bored. That's more or less. And I've always, I've always had a beard. My whole life, I always had a beard. After high school, you know, wrestling in high school, you can't have a, you know, you can't not allowed to have the facial hair. But so I grew a beard after that, more or less because I was allowed to now. And um, then I always had one, but I gained a lot of weight. I got really, really big. At one time, I was 385 pounds. Mm. So and then I so I always kept the beard to kind of hide the double chin and the like fat face. And uh, so now that I'm, you know, I'm I'm in decent shape. I'm you know, looking better. I got a, I got an actual jawline. So now I don't mind uh, shaving the beard and putting the, and rocking the mustache. Yeah, for sure, man. What motivated you to lose all that weight and become the athlete that you are today? Really? I was, I'd gotten in some trouble and uh, it, it was like to get my mind off of the trouble and, and, and out of the, out of the mindset I was in. I knew I had to have a change, so that was kind of the change I did. I I started just working on myself physically, mentally, 
and it all just it snow it was a snowball effect from there. Yeah, man, and thankfully you have gotten to where you are now, that 6-0 record. Being that you are 6-0 and having the experience that you have now, do you look back at any of your fights and have a favorite fight or performance of yours so far? I would say my favorite, I don't I don't know. My favorite fight that I trained for was probably for, I think, Chase Stafford. That was um, honestly because... He he had so much hype behind him. He was, I think, number one out of West Virginia. He had came out with some head, like he had some like head kick knockouts. I was like, I was nervous, man. I was like, this guy's gonna cut me up, man. He's gonna he's gonna hurt me, man. I, but then I was just like, I knew. But then I'm sitting in the gym and I'm seeing the guys I'm training with, the guys I'm taking hits from, the guys I'm, you know, that are making me and molding me into the person. And that's when I was like, you know what, no. I'm the man. I'm the man, and this dude's gonna get. This dude's the one who's gonna get hurt. And you know, I I had a game plan. Um, my game plan was to more or less the Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva fight, their first fight. You know how Chael kind of took him down, covered his mouth, you know, control, you know, controlled him, uh, hit him anytime. Like he would put his move his hand out off of his mouth, he'd come down with the other hand, and that's kind of like. So that the reason that was my favorite fight was because I kind of put all of it together. I put my game plan, my training. I was completely ready uh, physically for it, and then I, I worked my game plan to the way I wanted to do it. So that's that's kind of what excited me about that fight. Yeah, man. Does it make you more excited to fight when you are facing an opponent like Chase Stafford in your fourth fight, where he was kind of hyped up to be this you know killer in the division, and then you go out there and you win via decision? Yeah, man, that was that was exciting. It it absolutely when uh, especially when um when you have that kind of like oh is he ready is he re-? it, it it pushes me to be like yeah no I am ready you're gonna see what I'm you're gonna you're about to see who's ready yeah so that definitely drives me and gets me uh gets me going even even my next fight uh, even the next fight my first title fight in my circle I was confident we were confident but then when I got to the when I got to the venue the event. It was pretty one-sided. You could tell who who they wanted to win. Pretty sure he was a Youngstown boy. The fight was in Youngstown. Um, it, it was crazy. It was a sold-out crowd. Uh, I got a lot of booze, a lot of uh, a lot of hate coming in, and I, you know, I kind of dominated that first round and the second round. In between the second round, he's he's really leaning hard on his coach, and um, I'm I, I feel like I could have went the second round without a break, you know. And then none of the none of the crowd was. They were silent. They were completely silent. And that that felt so amazing to, like, kind of silence all those booers and all that hate. Yeah, man, it sounds like you thrive in that enemy atmosphere. And, like, sending them home unhappy is something you take privilege in. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's fun. All, all respect, all respect, but, yeah, right. it is fun. Is there a certain aspect of the sport right now that you're trying to improve on most? Or are you at a stage where you're trying to elevate everything equally? And right now I'm really working on my stand-up game. Not that I feel – it's more or less that I need to feel comfortable with it. I need to feel comfortable with throwing my hands. It seems more or less like the first little bit I can I'll, – uh, I'll throw my hands. I'll throw my hands fine. And then as soon as I get engaged or whatever, it, get, it gets into a clinch, I'm pretty strong and I, I can dominate that, that position pretty well. And I usually wind up doing it. So then when it gets a break or a separation or end of a round, I wind up going right back into it without thinking of anything else. I don't work in on a punch or nothing. I just kind of rush in and grab. And I need to work on that. I need to be more comfortable with 
getting into that position with uh, a combination or with setting it up. Do you think that you've truly been tested or challenged in the cage yet? Because I know, like you said, you train with a bunch of killers at Demolition. I've had some tough fights. I haven't, like, my main goal with this, my next, these these upcoming months are to really try to push myself to that breaking point, man, because I've been tested, but I haven't been to that point where I felt in trouble and that I need to push past this. So that's what I'm really, that's what I'm going to try to really work on is like, you know, get, get, having, having my teammates, the other, the other killers in the gym, you know, really put it to me to where I can't go no more and still pushing past this. That's what, that's the main focus I'm going to be focusing on. Interesting. Cause I know, I feel like most fighters want to avoid getting in trouble in fights, but for you, you want to embrace that. And I guess pick up that experience potentially before you turn pro or at least go on to that next level or stage of your career. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, because like like yeah, like I said, there is levels to it, man. And I like I haven't felt like I've been tested on this level, but I know that next level, I'm going to. So I'm just I'm trying to 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 maximize everything I can in that area. I mentioned the two titles that you've won earlier, and I've talked a lot about amateur fighters who have held titles. Some take a lot of pride in them, while others not so much. Where do you fall on that, and how much value do you put in the titles you've won? I, I think it's cool. It's cool, man. But it's cool as in like, you, ah, it's cool. I actually have given both of the belts. I've like kind of let my kids have like, it's, I'm pretty sure they're in the, the, like in the toy room right now. So I mean, it's not that I don't uh, appreciate it or like, I'm not excited about the titles. It's just that I know that there's other things. Am, what Like what's an amateur title? I'd say most fighters I've had on Forge in Ohio aren't fathers, and I know you have kids. Do you draw extra motivation for fights knowing that you have kids and a family at home? Yeah, absolutely. They're my strength. Those My kids are my strength. I have both their names tattooed on my biceps. Uh, that's kind of what, when I was going through my trouble and my uh, my weight loss journey, that's when I, I got them, I got those tattooed on my arms just to, to always have that memory like they're the strength they're the reason i'm doing all this so yeah it's definitely a motivation i love that what's your kids make of your fighting career they love it i don't think they uh they they like it they like to go hey my dad's the champ they like to wear their little trouble tray shirts to to school and and you know show off it, it's fun it's fun for them do they like have a total understanding of what you do or do they just think yeah you're the champ you're the badass in the family they have somewhat of an understanding. I don't think, uh, I don't think they understand the, I, I think they more or less think, cause you know, they, they're in soccer and stuff like that. I think they more or less think of it as that as rather than like, as I'm in a cage locked in with somebody that when we're going for each other's heads, they're not really thinking of it like that. They're just like, Oh, dad goes and he works real hard and, and comes home and, and he's the champ, you know? Right. Have they been to or watched any of your fights? They haven't been to, they watch all the fights if they're like broadcasted or whatever. They watch videos. They haven't been to an MMA fight yet. They've been to my boxing matches, a few of my boxing matches. Um, I, those are brutal. MMA is kind of brutal. I've seen some brutal things happen, and I don't uh, necessarily want my kids, to, I don't, right. because they don't understand it quite yet, I don't want them to be afraid and to like, and that to be on their minds, you know? 
you mentioned they're into soccer and things like that, but if they grow up, either one of them ask you, hey, can I be a fighter? Can I do what you do? Would you be receptive to that? Absolutely. I would love for them to, whatever they want to do, I'm trying to put them in the best positions I can put them in and without pushing them, you know, I want them to be involved in these sports and, you know, and not push them until they want push, you know, cause then that'll like, I, I I've seen kids growing up where like, you know, their parents push them in at, a, at an early age and they're like, no, we got to do this. We got to work hard. And then, and then towards the end of their careers, them fall out because they, they just are burnt out from it. So that's the main thing. I just want them to have fun and learn and be, and be uh, genuine, nice people. That's all I want. Talking to Trouble Trey Cusack on Forge in Ohio, you've been very active in your amateur career. I think the longest layoff you've taken between fights was four months, and you've fought in consecutive months twice. Have you emphasized activity in your amateur career so far? I just, uh, like I said, I'm 31, kind of getting, I only started a year ago. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old, old for the game to start. And so I know that, you know, I've had people be like, because, you know, I've also taken boxing, you know, a boxing match. And then, like, I think there was four weeks where I had a boxing match, a kickboxing match, uh, a grappling event, and then an MMA fight all within, like, every week of a month. And, you know, people are like, hey, you know, you can uh, you can take a break. You know, you can. And um, I'm, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, hey, man, I, I have a pretty short window of this, you know, and I'm trying to make the most of it. Right, and with that being said, you competed last on May 20th against Michael Sark. When are you hoping to fight next? The plan, I've, I have a, I actually have a boxing match, I believe, this next coming weekend. That's, that's boxing. But MMA, I think I want to get into another MMA fight at the end of the summer, August, September. That's my, my goals and plans. We're just trying to find the right uh, opponent to, uh, you know. A lot of people, are. it seems, are like, not really necessarily trying to fight, you know, it seems like, it seems like amateur people or amateur fights, you know, pick and choose, you know, and I get it. I get it. You want to have a decent record for the promotions and especially if you're fighting for a, a pro fight or you're, 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 that's, that's the main goal. You want to, you want to have, you want to have good wins to, to sell to those promotions. So I get, you know, some people not wanting to take a fight like that, but uh, all I'm wanting is the best people because I'm, I'm trying to test my skills. I'm trying to test my skills and see if I can really get in there and do it. So I'm not, I don't necessarily want to fight, you know, I don't necessarily want to fight guys that aren't on that caliber. That's who I want. And um, I, I don't necessarily want to take anything other than that. Would that next fight be your pro debut? Or are you looking to fight one or two more times as an amateur before making that step? Yeah, I'd like to fight once or twice more as an amateur. Um, like I had said, there's levels to it, and there's once you take that pro spot, there's no going back. And I'm not saying that I'm not necessarily ready to fight with pro guys. I just know that there's certain aspects of my game that I would like to improve. Right, and maybe feel that you know trouble that we talked about earlier in your amateur career before turning pro. Maybe that would be beneficial. You mentioned guys like a potential opponents in the future who wanted as much as you do and are actually guys are going to test you. Do any names come to mind? There's not necessarily anybody anybody ranked in the top five in any state. I'd I'd like to fight. Would you be open to fighting outside of the state of Ohio? Because I know you've mainly fought for, I believe, the same one or two promotions so far. What would your next fight look like in terms of that aspect? I'd like to fight any, like anybody. And um, really, I would fight 
yeah, I would fight in a different state. And especially if I would like, you know, some states, I believe Kentucky, I believe Indiana, I believe those states have uh, like day before weigh-ins. And like I was saying, if I was going to make that, I would like, if I were going to fight 185 in an amateur spot, I would like to make a day before weigh-in. So maybe uh, I would like to fight in another state for, for if I were going to fight at 185. Right. From what I've seen, you're super well-rounded, and I feel like present-day Trey Cusack would do very well as a pro fighter. I know you want to take you know one or two more amateur fights until then, but do you agree that what you have to offer, even right now, would translate well to a pro career? I think so. I think it could. I think I would. I think I have the mindset to be successful anywhere I would go. Um, so... It, you know, if, if that's if that's what the calls are, you know, if that's what the call is, then that's the call. I more or less leave all the decision making to my team and focus mainly on the training. Right. And I know you have guys around you competing for LFA and there are some promotions in Ohio and outside of Ohio that offer big stages for new pro fighters and even some amateurs as well. Do those kind of promotions interest you right now? It's still all just uh it's still like I like I said, kind of. It's still all just so uh, unreal to me. Like I can't even I can't even fathom the thought that like we're talking about me fighting at a pro as as a pro. So, I'm, whatever, whatever's whatever's right. coming, man. I'm ready. Do you look at a career like Dylan the Mindless Hulk Budka, one of your teammates at Demolition, and see what he did as an amateur, rattling off fight after fight after fight, and getting experience in a very short period of time, and then turning pro, and you see what he's doing as a pro right now. Are you trying to kind of go down that route of what he's done? I uh, definitely love following Dylan's whole career, man. Uh, he's he's wonderful, man. He's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy in the gym. And, uh, you know, that's the goal, right, is to do the things he did, man, so quick. You know, I started off pretty – you know, I've only been in it for a year, kind of kind of working on the same, you know, path. And and uh, he's only been in it for a few years, you know, three, three years. And – and so it's to see that it's also very motivating because it's like if this guy can do uh, if he can do it in a few years. Don't get me wrong, he's 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 built different. Guy's unreal. But you know if he can do it, then I can do it. So yeah, yeah, man, I would like to follow that same sort of path, man. Maybe get into a, you know even if I have to maybe not get into a bigger promotion to write off right off. You know, get on a smaller promotion, solidify a good win, and then and then bring on those those bigger promotions. Now I know your career so far has been somewhat surreal for you, just being that you're only a year into the game. But when I have a first guest on the show, I usually like to ask them about their goals in combat sports. So for you, what are you trying to achieve in MMA? I just want to stay fit, stay happy, stay healthy, and that's what this this whole journey is doing for me everybody's goal if you're competing is this to, to be the best. So that's my goal is to be the best, fight the best and, uh, you know, eventually make it to the, to the top. I would, uh, I want to be a world champ someday, you know, that would be great. I love it, man. And I, I really enjoyed looking through your career prior to doing this chat. And I really do think that the sky is the limit for you. If you keep on doing what you're doing and stay on the trajectory that you are on before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsors, things going on at the gym, the floor is yours, man. Oh man. I just want to, I want to thank everybody at the gym, you know, at the gym, especially my partners like Dylan and Mateo, Andrew Smith, Jaden Talker, Razor, Razor Rommel. I want to thank them. I want to thank some of the smaller dudes even, you know, 
that like I don't really train with, but I train with, you know, people like Wiz Kimber and uh, David Music and Marcelino, you know, all these guys I'm in the gym with watching them work hard. You know, there's some people, there's some, you know, you any in any workouts, in any group workout situation, you see somebody, you see some people that are giving it their all, some people that are half-assing it. And when you see those people that are giving it their all, you know they're they're genuinely trying to. And most of these people are coming off home from a hard day's work, coming here and still giving their work their their all. And that's motivating and that's what motivates me, you know. And I want to thank those dudes for for doing that motivation to me. I'd also like to thank my beautiful wife, Tabitha. Without her, none of this would be possible. She she motivates me. She helps me. She, you know, every day when I'm like, where the days where I'm tired and I don't think I can do it, she's like, babe, you're the man. You know you can do this. And that's really special. I might also like to thank my two kids. Without them, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be uh, the person I am, you know. Thank you, Thomas and Lennon. I also like to thank Coach Gary, Gary Young, man. He, uh, he didn't have to do the things he does does for me, and he does. And uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, one more special uh, special uh, thanks is to my little brother Tyler. He's uh, he's the best corner a guy could ask for, man. Not only in the ring, but uh, he, out here on the um, you know, in in real life, he he he's amazing. But uh, other than that, nah, not really, man. Thanks th- thanks for having me on here, bro. Yeah, of course, man. It sounds like you have that great support system both at home and at the gym. And that's really what, you know, every competitor but person in life in general really needs to be successful and just be happy in life as well. And I thank you, Trey, for joining me on the show. I'm looking forward to getting this episode out and now following the rest of your career. Before I let you go, I always end interviews on Forge in Ohio the same way. It's with the infamous OHIO chant. So help me out here, man. O-H. I-O, Buckeyes, baby. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Trey. It was great to talk to you. I can't wait to see you compete next. And when you do, maybe we could do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. That was Trouble Trey Cusack, the 6-0 amateur mixed martial artist who is ranked very highly in the state of Ohio among both active amateur light heavyweight and heavyweight fighters. Watching some of his fights, I could tell how well-rounded and disciplined he is as a fighter. And we're at a point where when Trey Cusack fights, you better do your best to be at the fight, watch at home, or keep updating Tapology because he's a guy you won't want to miss compete. That's going to do it for episode 36 of Forge in Ohio. If you haven't already, make sure to follow the show on social media at Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, don't forget to download episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, then feel free to share episodes with friends and family as well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. And until next week, I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.